Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well today. It is Wednesday, October 13th. It is 10.30 a.m. and it is time for Bible study. So uh, thank you for joining me and uh, excited to start a new book of the Bible with you today. We are looking at Jonah, the Old Testament prophet of Jonah, and we are starting with Jonah chapter 1. So um, Jonah's got some great stuff. We all know the story of Jonah, right? We all know the basics of it. Uh, and so we're going to study it today, and uh, we're going to start studying it today. And uh, so glad that you're with me to, uh, to, to study it uh, together. So let's jump right in. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid his fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. Okay, so um, a little bit about the Ninevites. Ninevites, Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, and Assyria was one of the countries that attacked Israel and caused a lot of pain and destruction for the people of Israel. So the people of Israel did not like the Assyrians. They thought they were very cruel. And so Nineveh at this time was the, the capital of Assyria, was the largest city in the world. There was like 600,000 people living there. And so the Lord said to Jonah, I see their wickedness. I want you to go there for me. I want you to go there. So first question, is there a difference between wickedness and our sins, right? Is there a difference between wickedness and the things that we do that is sinful? How, how do you define wickedness? I think wickedness uh, or evil is when you intentionally harm others or intentionally uh, build your life upon the, the, the torture, the pain, the whatever of others. Uh, where, you know, I, I think it's, uh, there's a difference between wickedness and our sinfulness, right? Our sinfulness. Uh, I, um, you know, there's the, the, you know, the sins that we all struggle with and then the, the wickedness of oppressing and, and stealing from and living, you know, building your life on the, um, on the backs of, of others and uh, of the pain you cause others. So he sent there. Right. So God wants Jonah to go there. Uh, and it, it basically, this is, you know, the people who have done wicked, the people who have done wicked to the people of Israel and the people who have done wicked to others. I mean, this is like their mortal enemy, the people who they least want to be around, the people who they least want to see good things happen to. I mean, uh, it's like, how would you feel if God called you to go to the Taliban? God said, I, I want you to go to the Taliban and I want you to share the good, you know, I, I want you to, to tell them to stop doing what they're doing and to repent and all this stuff. How would you feel? I'd be like, no, I'm not going that way. I'm going the other way. I don't want anything to deal with that, to do with them. Uh, Jonah didn't want, he didn't want to go to them because he was afraid of what might happen to him, right? They would, at best, they would just think he was a fool. At worst, they would kill him. They'd be like, you know, we have, we, we don't want to hear anything from you. We don't, we don't care who you are. We don't care what you have to say. Uh, but at, I mean, that's at best that, you know, at worst, it's just, just kill him. Get rid of this guy. Who does he think he is telling us that bad things are going to happen? Right. Uh, but more than that, he didn't want the Assyrians to escape God's judgment. He didn't want them to miss out on God's judgment. 
He wanted to watch God destroy them you know, because they're bad people and they've caused great harm and great, uh, you know, devastation to the people of Israel. And so Jonah's like, I, not only do I not want to go there because what might happen to me, I don't want to go there because I want to see you wipe them out. I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of anything good happening for them. You know, so, so we have to, do we wish that God would destroy all the evil people in the world? Do we wish that God would just wipe them out? You know, God, I realize that that is a person who you created, that is a person who you probably love in ways that I'll never understand, blah, 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 blah. But they're a bad person. Just get rid of them. I mean, just just get rid of them. We, we don't need them around. They're not doing any good for humanity. They're only doing harm. So can we just get rid of them, right? I mean, that's basically the way Jonah felt about the people of Nineveh. So Jonah chooses to obey God and went completely in the opposite direction. So a bit about Tarshish. Tarshish was thought to be towards the end of the earth and is always associated with ships in the Bible. You would get on a ship and you would go to Tarshish. So basically, Nineveh is east of Israel. It's a couple hundred miles east of Israel. Okay. Tarshish was as far west as you could go, right? Back then they believed the earth was flat and Tarshish was the end of the world, right? Tarshish is on the coast of what is today Spain. And so, you know, he wanted to get on the boat in the Mediterranean Sea and go as far west as he could go because Nineveh was east, right? And so he's running away from God. He's running away from what God would have him do. He's running away from Nineveh and from God. And, from, and so he's just trying to get to the end of the earth as far away, as far away as possible. So, I mean, do you know people who are running away from God? Do you know people who are running away from what God would have them do? I'm sure we all we all think there's people out there who are running away from God, but um, that's what Jonah is doing here. Okay, verses four through seven. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and such a mighty storm came upon the sea that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried to his God. They threw their cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it up for them. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down into the hold of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. How do you sleep during a how do you how do you sleep during a storm like that? Anyway, verse 6. The captain came and said to him, "What are you doing sound asleep? Get up, call on your god. Perhaps the god will spare us a thought so that we do not perish." The sailors said to one another, "Come, let us cast lots so that we may know on whose account this calamity has come upon us." So they cast lots and it fell on Jonah. They rolled dice, and it fell on Jonah. I, I mean, there's there's so many instances in the Bible where they cast lots to see what God would say. You know, and casting lots is basically rolling dice, right? It's rolling something, and to see, you know, God speaking through, and, and just to think that's a weird way to get God's opinion is to roll to cast lots, but it's, it's the way they did it. So, okay, the sailors. The sailors are minding their business, doing what they do, and uh, they're sailing from Joppa to Tarshish, carrying people in packages and, you know, doing. I remember when I was a little kid, we lived in uh, just north of Detroit and my grandfather used to come pick me up and we'd go and watch the freighters go up and down the Detroit River. Right. These giant ships that would take cargo, you know, and you would have no idea where they came from or where they were going. Uh, but it was so much fun just to watch these giant ships going. And this is like what these were. Doing. These guys were just, you know, they were sh- worked in shipping. And all of a sudden, um, Somebody hops on board and puts them all in danger. Now, it's interesting to me. 
it's interesting to me that um, there's a great storm and the sailors immediately think, well, God is God has caused a storm because somebody is on this boat who shouldn't be on this boat. Isn't that interesting? They immediately think, you know, it's not like, oh, there's a, a bad weather pattern, right? No, it's, it's somebody's on this boat who shouldn't be on this boat, uh, and God is God is trying to stop this boat through the storm. Um, and so uh, it must have seemed ironic to Jonah that the sailors uh, demanded that he call on his God, right? That the captain said, "Call on your God," while Jonah is trying to escape. God, right? Jonah's trying to run away from God, and the captain says, "Call on your God. We need your God's help. We need your God's help. Get get your God to help. Maybe maybe He might spare us a thought. Maybe maybe your God might save us. Call on your God." Um, so, uh, interesting question here comes up: Have you ever seen a catastrophe and assumed it happened because someone wronged God? Now. There are all kinds of pastors who came out and said things after Hurricane Katrina uh, in uh, New Orleans and, and that the New Orleans was destroyed by the flood, you know, because of the sinfulness of the city. I mean, you, you know, that's a, there's all kinds of stuff out there. Um, do we ever believe that God uses that kind of catastrophe? Uh, I would say no. I would say that's not not at all consistent with our understanding of who God is. Um, but uh, continuing on in the story. Jonah's disobedience put the lives of these sailors in danger, right? Jonah's disobedience to God and his desire to run away from God and to run away from the call that God had uh, put the lives of these sailors in danger. So I think it's an important question to ask. um, In what ways can our poor decisions put others in danger? In what ways can our sins or our disobedience put others in dangers, right? And, And ask the question, Throughout history, how has sin, uh, the sin of one person or the sin of a small group of people, put a larger group in danger? And you think about, uh, you know, the, the, the start of World War I and the assassination of, of the Archduke, right? Uh, Archduke Ferdinand, I think that was, a, it's been a while since I've taken a history class. But, uh, you know, and you go throughout history about how, you know, the, the action or the decision of one or a very small group put so many in danger, right? Caused nations to go go to war and, and put, you know, a, a large number of people in danger. All right, verses 11 through 17. This is the last reading for today. It's kind of a longer reading, but it's a good one. It's one you've heard before. Uh, it's one that we all know, but it's good stuff. Okay. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea was growing more and more tempestuous. I like that word tempestuous. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling tempestuous. It's a good word. Verse 12, he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great storm has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard trying to, uh, to bring the ship back to land, but they could not for the sea grew more and more stormy against them. Then they cried out to the Lord, please, O Lord, we pray, Do not let us perish on account of this man's life. Do not make us guilty of innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it has pleased you. So they picked Jonah up and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from it raging. Then the men feared the Lord even more, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. How about that? How about that? So, okay, 
They're like, so they're like, what, what should we do? And Jonah says, throw me in the sea. And the sailors are like, we don't want to throw you into the sea. We're just going to try and row. We're going to try and row harder, right? We're going to, we're going to do our best to, to get out of here without killing somebody. So, so we have here an ethical dilemma, right? Do you kill one to save many? And eth- this is an ethical dilemma for the sailors. Do you kill one to say, first off, hold on. If Jonah knows that him jumping into the, you know, being thrown into the sea will save them, why doesn't he just jump in? Why doesn't he say, this is, you know, imagine being on the, 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 the dock of a, the deck of a boat, right? And there's say 30 people, 40 people. And you know that you're the one putting them in danger. And you're like, Hey guys, if you kill me, you'll be safe. Why don't you just jump in, right? Why put it on them? You've already put them in danger. Why are you now saying to them, you have to throw me in to save your life? I mean, you have to kill me, right? The, so the ethical dilemma is, is one life worth saving 30 lives? Is one life worth saving 100 lives, right? You know, should, should if we could go back in time and find Hitler as a boy, should we kill him? One life is it worth millions of lives? I mean, this is the ethical dilemma. And they say, um, we don't want to kill him. We don't, we don't want to be guilty of murder. We don't want to have his blood on our hands. That's not fair. We don't want to do that. So they tried to row. And it said that got stormier and stormier. And then you have the word tempestuous. I love that word. Okay. So they're like, well, we have to throw him in. So they threw him in. So they threw Jonah into the water. And immediately the storm stopped. And so the immediate end to the storm makes the sailors go, wow, Jonah's God is for real. Jonah's God is like powerful. Jonah's God's more powerful than ours. Jonah's God is like, whoo. So it says they feared the Lord. Their response was they feared the Lord. They made sacrifices to the Lord and they made vows to the Lord. So in their, in their fear, they found faith, Right. In their fear and, and God's ability to stop the storm, they found faith, which leads it to you know, how are fear and faith related? Does, does faith come out of fear in, in, in some way, in some way? Uh, uh, maybe for, not for those who like grown up in the church, but you know, in what ways are fear and faith related? I think it's an important question. There's a the, the Bible talks about the fear of God. And in most times it talks about fear as in reverence and respect and in awe uh, of God's, you know, power and divine authority and all this stuff. But in what ways does God save us from the trials of life and, and, and seeing the work of God lead us to being fearful of God and fearful. I don't think fearful in ways that like, you know, God's going to smite thee, but, but that God uh, has the power to do, you know, all things. Um, and they sacrifice, I don't know how they made sacrifices on a boat because it said they'd already thrown their cargo overboard. So somehow they made sacrifices and then they made vows. They made vows, uh, they made vows to serve God, you know? And, and so if, uh, have you ever, would, would you ever pray to God and then make a promise afterwards? That's what happened here, right? They said, save us and we will, uh, save us and we will do, you know, whatever, or, or they didn't make the deal until afterwards, but, but the Lord saved them. And now they're like making vows, like we will serve you. We will do whatever you want us to do. Uh, we are so grateful to you. So, uh, and then Jonah, uh, gets swallowed up by a fish and he spends three days in the fish. And we say, well, what kind of fish is this? 
that Jonah that is big enough to swallow Jonah whole and that Jonah can hang out in his stomach for three days. That sounds gross. Uh, we don't know what kind of fish it is. Probably a whale of some kind. Other scholars might say like a sea dog. But um, so we talked about this at our high school youth group a week and a half ago. It, do we need to believe that Jonah was in the belly of a whale for us to get to heaven? Right. Uh, I mean, we could look, we can read all these texts and we can say, well, what makes sense? What, what can we prove? What do we think is right? Um, and so I love the story of Jonah. I love the story of Jonah, but I'm going to say this. If you don't believe Jonah was in the belly of a whale for three days, you can still believe that Jesus died and rose again for your sins. Uh, I prefer to believe the Bible, um, you know, that the Bible is truth, right? Uh, but uh, but I know that there's some people who, because of stories like this, say, "Well, I don't I don't believe then in God at all," and I would say that's a big mistake. So, um, okay, there we go. We finish with Jonah chapter one. Jonah chapter two is a prayer in the belly of the fish. So we'll touch on that a little bit. I think we're going to do chapter two and chapter three next week. So hope you all are doing well. Glad uh, glad you uh, took the time today to uh, make this a part of your day, and uh, we will close with a word of prayer. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for your servants uh, throughout all of history, for those who you have called and sent, and for those who uh, may not have always been obedient but ended up doing your will. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to speak on your behalf, and that you would help us to uh, uh, let people know that you are real and that you are wonderful and that you love humanity in ways that we'll never understand. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, have a wonderful day. I will see you next week. Take good care of yourselves.